everybody. Welcome to the Good Evening Kitties podcast, the Tales from the Crypt review. My name is Melissa, your ghostess with the mostest, and today's episode is season seven, episode 13, The Third Pig. I have back with me to help celebrate the last episode of Tales from the Crypt, Jonathan from CryptTube. Hi, Jonathan. Hey, what's up, Mel? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I am great. I am great. I am so thrilled and excited to be here with you on your last episode. I really love your show. And I, oh my God, the fact that I haven't been on it, I, I really hate the fact that I haven't been on it. I've been so busy, but I am so glad to be here for it. I mean, you've been on here before. Yes, yes. Very, very sporadically. And I wish I could have been here a lot more, though. Yeah. I mean, you were on the Demon Knight episode and then we did an interview for CryptTube uh, yes. that I also have up on here. And then, um, yeah, I thought, you know, for the last episode, I was like, I want to have someone on. It's a different kind. It's an animated episode. I feel like they do a lot more with it just because it's animated so they can add all the gore and things. And it's a little silly. But if you really think about what it would look like in real life, it's kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you think it would about be it. like it would be like uh, Dead Alive or something. Agreed. <laughs> I agree with that one. Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So I was like, well, who would I want to have there? And I was like, well, what about Jonathan? I know he knows all the tales from the crypt and everything like that. So do you want to tell everyone uh, who you are and what you do at Tales from the Crypt? Yes, yes. So uh, my name is Jonathan. I uh, work at a YouTube channel called CryptTube Incorporated. Um, I used to have an original channel. Unfortunately, uh, it got deleted by YouTube, but now I'm reworking things. And basically, CryptTube Incorporated is an overall central hub of Tales information and episodes. Today, I am finalizing my 4K upscales of the Tales episodes in every season. Uh, it's been a yes, yes. It's been a <laughs> long, enduring project. Let me tell you, very exhausting too. It's been a few years since I finally, finally completed uh, all the seasons. The entire series is now 4K upscaled. But I actually do other things. I go into exposés and deep dive researches of certain aspects of the Tales films, the series, uh, the old PC game that uh, that got canceled that never happened. Uh, I've had interviews with A.L. Katz, uh, one of the writers and producers of the show. Um, I've actually interviewed a couple of other podcast hosts. But just, yeah, basically doing everything I can to be a spotlight for the show, the series, and anybody else who's also a huge fan is also a big host to the series. Yeah, so definitely check out CryptTube on YouTube. It's great. There's something I wanted to do before we got started on talking about the third pig. I thought we'd play a bit of a game, if you okay. don't mind. So, all for it. Let's go. So I know you know all the episodes, so I thought this would be kind of fun. Um, I thought I came. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I came up with a couple "Would You Rather" questions, "Tales from the Crypt" edition, that okay. I thought I'd ask you. Um, oh, this sounds fun. I like it. Okay. Yeah, we could chat about. Okay. So number one, would you rather be a performer in the circus from season two, episode fourteen, "Lower Birth" with Enoch and Myrna, or be a performer in the circus from season five, episode four, "Food for Thought" with Zamboni and Nabunga the Gorilla? Oh, I'm going with Enoch and Myrna. <laughs> like, for one, that just seems like it was a better time to be in the circus. That's number one. And two, I get to meet the Crypt Keeper's parents. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. Yeah. Then plus, like, Zamboni's a little, he's a lot. Yeah, he's but, a little too uh, much. <laughs> I mean, either way, though, both both the circuses there, like, they're both in those episodes are portrayed to have some, some under, like, bad shady deals going on behind the scenes, you know, kind of thing. But yeah, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, uh, Enoch and Myrna are the Crypt Keeper's parents. Uh, Enoch is a two-faced man, and Myrna is a mummified priestess, I believe, Egyptian priestess. A uh, 5,000-year-old Egyptian mummy. Okay. Yeah, she, is, she was a priestess. She uh, spurned the uh, pharaoh's advances. Yes. 
All right, so question number two. Would you rather be connected by the hip to your annoying brother, like season two, episode 17, My Brother's Keeper, or be connected back to back with your evil brother, like season five, episode five, People Who Live in Brass Hearses? Oh my God. Uh, wow, that's actually tough. <laughs> and this is before uh, they're separated or die. I guess I would say season five, being stuck to the back, because at least going through that way, uh, living your life that way, you can always like play like you know like pretty much what they did in the episode like where one ice cream truck man is basically you know just sitting at the truck and whatnot he's handling uh people and then it's like you're able to live a dual life as a twin and nobody would ever know and like all you have to do is just like turn 180 and it's like you're the other person but you're really not i think that would be actually be pretty fun it could be but i just wonder like because he never was able to leave the truck really except for to go into his house like that lady, uh, Miss uh, Grafunda or whatever, yeah, uh, yes, he, asking him out, and he couldn't even get out of the truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he couldn't get out of the truck, not couldn't do anything. I think the whole social interaction there would be extremely limited, obviously, because some people would obviously, you know, freak out and not understand the situation. And that that's where I would see that, you know, it's going to be a lot of social isolation. Me personally, uh, <laughs> as I get older, social isolation doesn't seem too bad to me. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can see how that can be a, a downside to it. Yeah, absolutely. But even in My Brother's Keeper, there's the scene where they go to the nightclub and then people realize that they're hooked together and start freaking out, you know, from that. So yeah, yeah. Because like the, the whole idea of being socially acceptable, you know, because like people are going to stare, they're going to look and then they're going to draw their conclusions like how the f- like how the yeah. hell does that kind of <laughs> thing happen? And then everyone looks at them like, you know, that's that's really weird. But it's like, no, that does but, happen, you know, it <laughs> like, does. There's been multiple people that's happened to. So I don't know. I, part of it for like Brothers Keeper, that, the other guy's just a jerk, I think is the main thing. Like he makes it so much worse. Yeah, so. yeah. He makes the situation much worse with his personality and the way he carries himself and the attitude that he has with it. But that is one of those things that, that that's that dynamic that can really be true, not just for people, but also for the people who are deal who are dealt with that card. So like you have one person who is trying to be a little bit more uplifting and upbeat about the situation while you have the other who is more of a Debbie Downer about it and only sees the negative to it. He doesn't really care because he just sees it as he's being looked down upon by society and he doesn't care for this kind of lifestyle anymore, especially after he's lived it for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do also really I, I mean, I do like their apartment, though, or wherever they live, where everything is like double like their, yes, yes. <laughs> their exercise I think, I equipment. Really mm hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, so last question. This one's a little bit darker. Would you rather wake up buried in a coffin and realize you are out of your nine cat lives, like in season one, episode three, Dig That Cat, He's Real Gone, or be uh-huh. autopsied but aware of your surroundings, like in season three, episode four, Abracadaver? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> either way, you're dying. It's just which way would you? Yes, e- either way, you're going to die. Um, I don't know. That's a really hard question because uh, with Okay, so I have this theory, right, with Ulrich, right? Mm-hmm. Because the actor, Joe Pantoliano, is in another episode of the series. Yes, uh, Split Personality. So, split Personality, right? Yeah. So my theory for Ulrich is that he never really died. Um, <laughs> something tells me is that he was buried, uh, uh, sorry, he was dug up just in time, and he changed his name, he changed his life, and now he's a blackjack dealer. <laughs> in, but it would have uh, been Vegas. like 40 years later or something wasn't wasn't no, dig that I, cat I, a period piece 
No, no, I don't think so because. Oh yeah, um, the doctor the, thing. Yeah, yeah, because like uh, what happened was is like um, the circus owner or the attraction owner, he basically says that he made a profit based on Ulrich's debts, and he talks about how HBO gave him a percentage of the profits. Uh, so like that tells me right there that that you know that the that episode is taking place in a current day time, you know. So with that said, if Ulrich had been dug up before he you know lost oxygen then he probably just, you know, was like, oh, I'm a nobody now. I still have one life left. Then I'm, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere else. And, you know, I guess now I'm going to work as a blackjack dealer. That's just a theory. But going back to the overall question, though, um, since I went off track. No, no, that's great. I mean, you make a good point. I like that theory that he came back to be a blackjack dealer. <laughs> Thank you. There's so many theories when it comes to, seri- uh, when it comes to the series with some characters. Um, to answer your question... I probably would rather be buried alive like Ulrich because the idea of being able to feel someone drill into your skull mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be dead, I, th- I think that's one of the most frightening things to have to deal with. I mean, yes, it's terrible to be buried alive, but you know, and you slowly lose your oxygen, but that seems like a better way to go than to think that you're dead, but you're really not. And then someone's performing a full body autopsy on you so you can feel every bit of it. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, definitely since uh, like in the end of Abracadaver, like they show the blood like spraying up on the surgeon's face and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it's like he sees all of that. His eyes are he can't even close his eyes. That's how frozen he is. So, yeah, yeah, yeah and I have to agree. It's also, it's also more messed up because just like you said, you see the uh, the blood spraying on the surgeon's mask and the faces and the surgeons, some, for some reason, got a big-ass grin on their face like they're enjoying it. <laughs> He's real into like, it. Like, you get to watch their expressions like they're enjoying this and you're suffering. You know, it's it's like the most severe form of physical and mental torture to deal with. I, I don't think I could handle that. I mean, at least they're starting with the brain. There's a good chance you might be done quicker than if they started uh, yeah. somewhere else. Perhaps. Perhaps. So, I mean. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's the questions I had. So that was, would you rather Tales from the Crypt Edition? Yay! That was an amazing <laughs> game. I, like, uh, like that's something that, uh, like, I wish, I wish that you continue on with Tales in some degree or, or shape because that's a great uh, icebreaker and a great game to play with your guests. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I just kind of came up with that like just recently, and I like literally like last twelve hours. I was like, you know, that'd be kind of fun because I know he knows all the episodes. No, do yourself a favor, Mel. See what you can do to make that an actual game and trademark it and make it a Tales game that people can enjoy of all fans, okay? Because that that right there is a moneymaker. All right, uh, I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I'll have to see. Like, patent, 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 patent. Great. Yeah, even though the trademark uh, <laughs> mess is a... <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck with that. So let's get into Tales from the Crypt, Season 7, Episode 13, The Third Pig. As always, John Kassir does the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and Danny Elfman does the theme song. This episode aired July 19th, 1996. It was directed by Bill Kopp from TV's Dan Versus and Pat Ventura from TV's Powerpuff Girls, the newer one, which I heard was not that great. The screenplay is by Bill Kopp and it stars Bobcat Goethwaite from movies like Scrooged. He was also in a previous Tales from the Crypt episode. He was in the Ventriloquist Dummy. Uh, it also stars Cam Clark, who did the voices of Leonardo and Rocksteady from the 1987 cartoon of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Charlie Adler, who did um, voices for Cow and Chicken. Uh, Brad Garrett from TV's Everybody Loves Raymond. Corey Burton's Too Many Voices to Name for that person. Uh, and Jim Cummings from So Many Voices, including Tigger from Winnie the mm-hmm. Pooh. 
So a lot of lot of good voice actors and things on this one. I'm going to go ahead here and read the information about the third pig on the back of the box. And just a reminder, it is an animated cartoon. It kind of looks like Cow and Chicken away in a way. Um, if you've ever seen, yeah. have you seen Cow and Chicken? Yes, I love Cow and Chicken. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch it a lot too when I was younger. And uh, the way the animation is, like, it's kind of crazy and like, I don't know, it's hard to ex- explain. No, no, I, I get it. Uh, the, the one thing about that animation style, uh, fun fact about that is that it's actually, the animation was developed and made by Nelvana which Nelvana was one of the go-to animating studios for a lot of 90s cartoons and 80s. Oh, okay. And Nelvana was actually responsible for creating the uh, Tales animated series as well. Okay, cool. Okay, so here's the information on the back of the box for the third pig. Pig Tales, an animated and warped story of three little pigs named Dudley, Drinky, and Smokey. The episode opens with the Crypt Keeper, and he's got, like, longer hair in this one, which I thought was kind of different. It seems like he like took a straightener to it. It's really long and straight. Oh yeah, that crib keeper knows how to accessorize. He knows how to <laughs> take care of his hair. <laughs> and then uh, he is talking to uh, a Dracula uh, in his crypt, and then the the guy turns into a bat, mm-hmm. you know, on a string and flies away. And he's uh, just, I think he's just hanging in his crypt. I don't think it was anything like completely special. Usually there's like a gimmick or something, you know. Son of Dracula, return of the son of Dracula, the son of Dracula's revenge. Is that all you can do? Vampire movies? I'm afraid that's not good enough. You'd have to be a bite more versatile to be on the frighting staff of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, hello, creeps. As you can see, we've got an opening for a storied editor. I've been conducting chop interviews all morning. No one seems to get what I'm looking for. Oh, well. Let's see who's next. Interesting. A brother team. Grim. I think I've heard of them. This has potential boils and ghouls. It's a twisted bit of gory telling about three characters you may recognize at first. It's called The Third Pig. So this episode is all mostly in rhyme and it's narrated uh oh who narrates it i know the i know who does it it's it's john cassier as a crypt keeper that's right that's right why did i shouldn't write that down i knew i knew it i was like i know who did it yeah <laughs> so john cassier well, no, is it john cassier no no it's john cassier uh yeah. see originally uh he wasn't originally going to be the one narrow uh, narrating the uh, episode okay um i forget i forget who it was i think it was supposed to be jess harnell that was supposed to narrate it but then, like, last-minute decision, Joel Silver decided to have just the Crypt Keeper narrated. Since, I mean, we all know throughout the series, like, Crypt Keeper is technically giving us tales, and he's narrating when he's opening the book. So yeah. Joel Silver thought it would be better if the Crypt Keeper just narrated. I agree. I think this is fun to have the Crypt Keeper do the narrations along with the Big Bad Wolf kind of talking to him and things like that. Yeah, it just makes what, more sense. Yeah, it makes more sense. It's it's cool to like hear him talk so much for such an extended period of time. Yeah, I don't know why I forgot that. So John Kassir is the voice of the Crib Keeper narrating the show, uh, the episode. And it starts out, like I said, it, it rhymes. It's kind of like supposed to be like a, a fairy tale type thing. It introduces the pigs. You got Dudley, Drinky, and Smokey. In case you haven't realized what they do, um, Drinky likes to drink a lot. Uh, Smokey likes to smoke constantly. And Dudley's just kind of there. He's like the hey, nice he's one. He's the good one. 
Yeah. He, he's a virtuous one. He lives basically in like the house of brick. He's the smart one. Then you got Bobcat Gothwaite playing the wolf, who I thought he's probably my favorite in the episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was fun. He does a really good job. And there's a lot of fun little like kind of breaking the, the wall to the audience where he can't make a rhyme. So I thought that was yeah. kind of fun. Like he'll try to fit in with the rhymes of the story. And then he's like, you know what? I don't even know what rhymes with cheese or whatever. <laughs> so like I can't. <laughs> yeah. It, it gets to a point where he even talks shit to the Crypt Keeper. I know you porkers are inside. You can run, but you can't hide. I'll get you damn pigs if it's the last thing I do. You, you, oh, oh what rhymes with you? Uh -huh. I'm not a damn poet. Why does everything always have to rhyme in these things? Ah, I can't help it. No one talks like that. These stupid freaking children trying to sound like a Hallmark card or something. No one talks like that. So the big bad wolf is showing up. He wants to eat the pigs. He shows up to Drinky's and Drinky lives in a, um, a keg. That's his house is a keg. Mm -hmm. He goes to blow the house down. And the, again, the animation is just really over the top. It also maybe kind of reminds me a little of like Grin and Stimpy, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I've always thought about that too. Yeah. Then Drinky gets scared and runs over to Smokey's house. And Smokey lives in a house made of a cigar and matches and cigarettes. Because mm -hmm. that works. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so then the big bad wolf blows that down. And so now both the pigs are like, oh, no, where to go? So they go to their smarter brother's house, Dudley, and they just kind of climb underneath the house in cartoon fashion. And so then the big bad wolf goes to blow down the house and he can't because it's made of brick and like it looks almost like a bomb shelter on the roof. And he blows so hard. like <laughs> He blows his <laughs> outside out. Yeah, it wastes no time. Like we're three minutes into the episode. And this is where it starts to really like put on more of the horror and gore. So the big bad wolf blows so hard that parts of it, part of his insides come out and it's just like red and look at, you know, and then like he sucks them back in. So it's like, that's how hard he blew. Like, I guess his lungs or something came out. And again, the whole time they're, they're mostly like rhyming and things like that. Oh, wait, I did have notes on like, the narrator being this crib keeper. I don't know. I didn't see that. Okay, go ahead. No, no, I don't know if you noticed that when uh, you see the the wolf uh, walking while he's trying to rhyme. Like, I didn't notice this until I uh, watched the upscale version. There's a certain line that you see at a tree that just comes out of focus. Like, you could see, you could basically see in the frame uh, of one of the trees where it skips over and it resets the entire animation frame <laughs> for him to walk. Uh, I was just like, oh my God, I never would have noticed that just watching the regular version. So like that right there, that line. That you oh, see I that saw tree, that little blink. Like that? Yeah. Yeah, so like when he walks past that tree, you see a line and it just resets. I mean, were they did they meant to do that or is that like just it, maybe they thought no one would notice, I guess, because it wasn't upscaled? Well, no, no, because back then, like there's certain little nuances to animation. Like they do things to reset a frame or just things you wouldn't normally notice, like when it comes to editing these things. And then when you watch it in a more higher resolution, upscale uh, you know, okay. format, like it becomes a lot more apparent, you know, when it comes to these things. It's like if you watched like Casablanca when they, you know, filmed it. And let's say, for example, if the footage was never truly remastered, they just upscaled it. You would see a lot of the breaks in the film. So like you'd see like a lot. If you ever like watched how some of these films in the old days on film, they would actually have like some like kind of breaks in the in the on the on the footage. Yeah, I've seen some in old movies where you can see the little quick little cigarette burn on the bottom or whatever. Or like exactly. How they, that kind yeah. Of, yeah, that kind of stuff. So, like, it's similar to this. Okay. So now it's the next morning, and all the pigs are living together in the little brick house. Well, actually, I guess they're sad because they have nowhere to go. They basically talk their brother into taking them in. Drinky and Smokey were very, very sad. 
And so you see, brother dear, we've got nowhere to go. That big bad wolf wrecked our homes, don't you know? He scared us so bad, we, we ran and ran. Now I guess we'll have to live in a garbage can. <laughs> Nonsense, you two. You can move in with me. This house made of brick is very sturdy, you see? That blowhard old wolf could never knock it down. It's the strongest house in the whole darn town. And then basically they just turn it into a party house while Dudley's working or whatever he's doing. And they invite lots of ladies over and uh -huh. there's lots of alcohol and just ladies running around giggling and like bikinis. They don't pick up after anything. And, you know, they're just constantly smoking and drinky, like will drink and then throw up and then drink again. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's just really nasty. And Dudley is trying to get some sleep and he's trying to be nice about all of it. <laughs> yeah, they're being disrespectful. Look at that. Like <laughs> they're bouncing on some lady in a bikini and yeah, the couch. I guess that's their couch. They brought their crappy couch over and yep. it's all broken with springs and Dudley's just cleaning them after them. And that's all they do is drink and smoke and watch TV and party all night. They partied all night and watched television all day. I say, you two, how's the job hunt going? Ooh, there's pain in my back. Shows no sign of slowing. <laughs> it's true, brother dear, that it's jobs that we need. But the horrible truth is, we don't know how to read! <laughs> Dudley the pig knew that his brothers meant well. It wasn't their fault that they were born with slow minds. So then they send him out to go get some beer. And he's like, fine, whatever. He goes to get beer. And then the, bad, the big bad wolf comes back around. Oh, I thought it was funny because these pigs are so stupid. He takes like a um like a centerfold yeah. of like a hot pig lady, swine of the month. Can we just talk about the fact that he just pulled it out of his crotch? <laughs> oh, let me see here. Oh my god. Like that centerfold was up in his crotch. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't pull it out of his back pocket. He didn't pull it out of his ear. Nothing like that. He just straight up grabbed his crotch. Oh and yeah. It out. Gosh, it's right from the front. <laughs> Kind of surprised they didn't do it where, like, he couldn't open it at first. You know, it was sticky. <laughs> yeah. And so then they, they he, like, ding-dongs or whatever on the bell, and the pigs go to see who it is. And then he holds the swine of the month centerfold lady up to the window. And so they think it's, you know, a, a lady outside the window, like, talking all sweet to them or whatever. She's like, you know, can you help me and everything? I'm a poor swimsuit model who lost her dress. And so they open the door, and then that's how the big bad wolf gets in. And he just, like, wrecks the place. Uh, mm -hmm. This is where it would definitely be, like, dead alive if this was, yes, like, in real look. Mm -hmm. Because there's blood, and he eats them and everything. He pulls their eyes out, and it's all, like, comically done. He's chasing them around with a knife and fork and, you know, everything like that. And there's, like, this scene that goes on for, a, you know, a little couple minutes here of him uh, attacking them. And he takes Smokey and dips him into, like, some tea and eats him like a cracker. It's like I'm watching a Tex Avery cartoon on, like, the most messed up level. Yeah. The wolf got done eating the two pigs or whatever. He's done. He's full for how long? We don't know. Dudley comes back from getting beer. He's gotten so much beer. He comes back and he sees that his brothers are dead. The thing that's, uh, there's a, I mean, it's kind of continuity, but it's also cartoon logic. We saw the wolf eat these pigs. So mm -hmm. when Dudley yep. comes back, it is a massacre. Where did these organs and parts come from? I don't know. Because the wolf ate them. 
So hey, don't 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 question it, Melissa. <laughs> no, don't don't question it. You just okay? Because I was like, where did all these spinal columns come from, or whatever? Like he, <laughs> it's like he threw them all back up and then left. Yeah, so, I mean, he ate smoky whole, and then like, you know yeah. everything just you know, happened. He just regurgitated all of it. Dudley's freaking out. He goes to call 911, and I love how he dials like 15 numbers for 911. <laughs> it's just like boop 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 boop. Hello, police. Well, when I came home and when I opened the door, there was blood on the ceiling, chopped off hands on the floor. I think the wolf did it, that shifty old tramp. There's blood all over the place. The gore is still down. My God, there's intestines strung round the lamp. The address on the house is pig number three. Jesus Christ, there's a severed head on the TV. Be quick, be quick. Please hurry here quick. I think that I'm going to be violently sick. Six hours later, I think the police show up finally, and they're all wolves. They're all so eating they're, donuts. That, that, that's yep. the funny part of it. They're all wolves eating donuts, and they come out. So it's like they may be on the big bad wolf side. They come in. They're they're not super impressed or, like, freaked out about it. They're just like, okay. Um, yeah, they're not concerned whatsoever. <laughs> they're like, yeah, it's a bummer. And so then it shoots to, like, a courthouse where everyone in the courthouse, including the judge and, like, all that, are wolves. So it's like these pigs live in a town of wolves. So now they're trying to, I think they're they're trying to peg Dudley from killing his brothers, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're right? framing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the most unjust uh, forms of due process you'll ever see. <laughs> and the judge, I think, was like, oh, I need to get to my golf game. Let's wrap this up. And the jury leaves for like a second and then comes back. The jury is back and the verdict they got. Is Big guilty or is Big not? Oh, brother, is he guilty? So now Dudley goes to prison for the, uh, even though he did not do anything to his brothers. Yeah, while he's in prison, uh, the ghosts of his brothers show up. They drag his little piggy butt out of the prison and take him to some castle that they know about. It's a castle with a lab, like Frankenstein style. They're still like drinking and smoking. I think they're at a proctologist's lab, they said. That's why there's like butts in jars. <laughs> That's why yeah. I was like, oh, this is definitely like a tied with cow and chicken. Just so many butts. And they, the ghosts of Drinky and Smokey have found a book about how to build, what was it? How to build a, a zombie, zombie pig. pig. Yeah. In a proctologist's lab. Yes. So Dudley's like, I think at first he's like, I don't really want to. But then he's like, you know, let's, let's bring them back so that we can get our revenge for what has happened to me, for what has happened to you. So he digs back up. I believe he digs up his brother's corpses. Mm -hmm. And then he spends time like, feverishly sewing up body parts and flying a kite looking for lightning in a thunderstorm. And he has this whole creature set up. You can't really see it. He's got it under a tarp. And then he pulls it back. And it's kind of cool. I thought the creature design for this was kind of neat. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. It, it, it tops man-bear pig. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> a big green pig, like three times their size. Like, it's pretty big. And he looks grumpy. He's got, like, nodule, like, metal things coming out of his head. He's got real stiff feet like a Frankenstein. And Dudley brings him back with the power of lightning. Now at last, my dark deed is done. Life will soon be yours, oh hideous one. After hours of toiling and sweat and strife, I summon the powers to give my creature life. 
And then, the zombie pig monster sat up and said something that Dudley Pig will never forget. The lifeless mass I have revived, now I can say, it's alive! Live! 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 So, Zombie Pig comes back, Dudley's excited, they're gonna have their revenge. Yeah, Zombie Pig gets up, He's got, he puts his arms out like um, Frankenstein, he breaks through the wall, because he doesn't need to use a door, doors are not for him. And he stumbles off into the night. And Dudley's, like, really leaning into this evil mad scientist's side. Like, he was so nice before. Yeah, it brought out a whole another side of him now. So then he shoots to a, a bar, and the big bad wolf is there. And he's all drunk. And he's telling these stories about, like, I think what he did with the pigs. I think, I don't know, just terrifying stories. He shoots to who he's talking to, and it's these terrified three little bunnies who are so cute. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I was like, oh, they're so cute. Look at them. They're so scared. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, yeah, they're frightened. He's super drunk and he's like, I'm going to go say hey to Miss a Little Bo Peep. She's usually up for like a good time, you know, so he's all drunk. He's going to go see Miss Bo Peep. He basically kisses off her dress in the picture that mm-hmm. he shows. Yep. And then she's in her bikini as well or her underwear. You know what's messed up about that scene with Bo Peep, though, is like he, the wolf straight up goes and admits that he's on his way to like like assault her. Like he, he admits like, you know, oh yeah, I'll go visit Bo Peep. Uh, she won't even put up a fight. Yeah, it's like part of the rhyme. <laughs> yeah, the Crib Keeper, Crib Keeper confirms this by saying like he's going to molest her. Even, I was just like, damn, like they, they really pushed this episode. They really Yeah, did. that part there was like, okay, like that's where it kind of was like more this is for adults kind of thing. You know, it's like a silly type yeah. of adult cartoon. Not quite Fritz the Cat. Um, right, right. So he goes off to, like you said, molest Bo Peep. Uh, he heads into the woods and then he gets the feeling that he's being followed. And he is. He's being followed by Zombie Pig. So he thinks he's safe. And then Zombie Pig Frankenstein comes out and just bites him in the chest, like holds him and pulls his skin back to where his heart is exposed and pumping and then throws mm-hmm. him in his mouth and eats him. So now Big Bad Wolf is gone. The Zombie Pig goes back up to the castle. Dudley's having um, second thoughts. Because he is a nice pig. Yeah, he regrets building uh, Zombie Pig. Yeah, so now he wants to try to kill Zombie Pig. He's got like TNT and stuff, and he's thinking of different ways to kill him, and Zombie Pig is not going to have that. So he's like picking up Dudley by his tongue and throwing him around in a circle and coming after him and everything. Dudley Pig, he takes a banana peel from just a banana he has hanging out. He's eating the banana, and he throws the peel, and then in his like brick feet, the brick shoes he's wearing, Zombie Pig Frankenstein slips and falls into the electronic technology stuff on the side that they use to bring him to life. And it kills him, and it doesn't only kill him, it like cooks him and puts an apple in his mouth. Uh, I'm Puerto Rican, Melissa. So like what we call, we call that beni. (laughs) We call that, we we call that oven roasted pork. (laughs) But would you eat zombie pig oven roasted pork? If it was prepared as that, hell yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, he's put together from like dead pigs and (laughs) been buried, but all right. Now Dudley's super excited and then he comes to, he goes to cut open the cooked zombie pig to get the wolf out. But the wolf ends up coming out of the pig. His chest is fine now. So he comes out of Zombie Pig. His chest is fine, but his brain is exposed now from being inside. Yeah, I don't inside. know how that works. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works. But but, okay. I mean, it's that fun hey, cartoon. cartoon stuff. Because he comes out of Zombie Pig's body, pulls out like a hoagie bun, puts Dudley between it, and then goes to bite him with his brain all exposed. Uh, and that's the end sandwich. of the episode. Yeah, ham sandwich. Ham. And that's the end of the episode. So then it goes back to the Crypt Keeper. He's in the Crypt. It is the last time we see him in the Crypt. And he's making all the fun puns. 
Crypt Keeper, you're so punny. And the best Crypt Keeper pun is... I don't know about you, kitties, but I was glad to see the wolf hit one out of the pork. <laughs> Still, an hour from now, he'll be hungry again and bacon for more. <laughs> And he's talking about pork and bacon and everything, you know, pigs. He's laughing. He's having a good time. There's a guy who is like hogtied. Get it? Oh, hogtied. Because it's pig yep. episode. Mm-hmm. He's got a man hogtied over his desk on his stomach and then he knocks him out. That is season seven, episode 13, The Third Pig. Jonathan, what do you think of that episode overall? I love the episode, for me personally, because like it's it was unique. It was something that they never done in the entire series. It was something that they were shooting for because like I don't even actually know a lot of the reason why they decided to go with an animated episode. I have not found any information as to why yet. Um, that's something I got to actually tackle with AL Cats about and Gil, Gil Adler. But overall, just with the way the story structured, you know, going with a an old English literary uh, fairy tale where they adapted it in such a way. And seeing a much more graphic and more mature version of what this story was about and how creative they got with it, with the amazing voice cast that that, that was in it, you know, especially Ooh. when you have uh, voice actors like uh, Jim Cummings mm-hmm. and you also have Charlie Adler. For me, that voice cast right there is like, it's like a Mount Rushmore of voice actors in that time because you also had Charlie Adler, right, who was also, um, he crossed over into Tiny Toons and he did Buster Bunny's voice, but he also did a Toons from the Crypt version where he's playing the Toon Keeper, you know, doing basically a, a, a parody version of the Crypt Keeper. And then we see uh, we see John Gassier and Charlie Adler working together in a, a Tales episode. I think that's one of the, the best things about it. Also, um, didn't later on, didn't Kassir take over the Buster Bunny? Character? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. He did take over Buster Bunny at some point. When it comes to the animation style by Nelvana, like I, I got a whole bunch of different influences that I saw there. It was like, like I said, Tex Avery. You know, I saw a lot of uh, the old Looney Tunes cartoons in there, Tom and Jerry, you know, just a lot of the stuff that we grew up with as kids, but now we're seeing it in a Tales medium was so great to see. Um, obviously, season seven is n- not one of the strong suits of the series <laughs> overall, and I think that's kind of uh, common to say, and it's very well known. But the third pig is one of those episodes that stands out from the ones that were definitely a miss in that season. So, yeah, if I had to say, yeah, third pig is definitely one of my favorites uh, of the series overall, but it's definitely a good one to watch when you watch the final season. I mostly agree. I think it's fine. The episode, I think it's fun to see it do like a different thing with the animation. I think I might have asked AL Katz that on my interview with him, but I think part of the reason it was animated is I think they were maybe gearing up to do Tales from the Crypt Keeper. And like maybe they were wanting to like kind of put out a like their feelers out like how it would maybe look. I don't know. I could be wrong. I can't quite remember, but I, I think it was something close to that possibly. But all in all, I think the episode is fine. It's funny. It's a little like, like I get it, like drinking, smoking, sex, and gore. They probably had fun going the extra thing with it, like going a little bit more just because it was animated so they could kind of do what they wanted with it and not have to worry about effects and things like that necessarily. Um, I kind of like the rhyming, but not, I don't know. I don't know if they really needed the rhyming. Though it is funny because it is kind of more like a fairy tale and then you have the wolf making the stuff about not being able to make a rhyme. So I guess it kind of works out. I really like the wolf. I thought the big bad wolf was fine. I thought, I thought Bobcat did a great job on that. But all in all, it, it was okay. 
It wasn't mm-hmm. like my favorite, but I do think it was a nice way to wrap up season seven, if anything, for being memorable. Because most people are like, isn't that crazy? It was an animated cartoon at the end. Um, yeah. So it kind of helps season seven maybe stand out a little bit more, even though it's kind of a weaker season. Yeah, season seven's been a bit, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. Some are pretty decent, and then you spend a lot of time not decent. But still having a couple things and episodes where, like, it may not be a good episode, but um, the set pieces were cool. Or, you know, like, it may not be a good episode, but this actor did a really good job. You know, that kind of stuff. There's just not as many memorable episodes. I definitely went into season seven rewatching these episodes and being like, what happened in this one? And not really either picking it up until the end or, like, not picking it up at all until I was finished, you know? So, yeah. It, it was kind of fun to like revisit season seven because I really didn't remember a whole lot of them. The show started losing its traction around season five. Mm-hmm. Most of the stories were losing their relativity in their source material and it became more comedic and humorous. They're like humorous. The charm, I think, to these episodes is where obviously there's a little bit more uh, connectivity with the source material, but also like there was still like you you had that moment of comeuppance for the characters that were involved, but you mm-hmm. also had um, this sense of fear and like, you know, terror when it came down to the story, because that because that's what the whole purpose of the comics was, is like it, it was to make you scared of what the message was in, in those stories. But then that's when you had the Crypt Keeper, you know, or the uh, the Vault Keeper, the Old Witch, to break the tension. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. the tension wasn't being broken anymore in the later seasons by the Crypt Keeper to just, like, you know, make jokes about such a dark moment in those episodes. Like, the humor was being broken by what was going on in the stories. And, and this goes back to you and I discussing, like, what one of the episodes uh, that I find my favorite is. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Three's a crowd. Uh, three's a crowd. Where you have such a dark outcome in, in, in every aspect of, of the situation for everybody involved in that story. Mm-hmm. And then you have this this cadaver making light of it. And I, I think that's where it succeeded. That is where the story succeed in what they were trying to do. I was going to say, even in like season one, episode two and all through the house, at the very end, the Santa killer serial killer is after the mom and the little girl. But then at the end, the crib keeper comes in and he's like, oh, he wasn't really, he didn't do anything to the girl. Like he's in the older women. So it's kind yeah. of like implied, like, don't worry, nothing happened to the little girl. I still think there's some really great ones in season six, but yeah, it's definitely once you get into season five, there is like more of um, every other episode like a hit or miss kind of thing. But yeah, so that's the end of the third pig. Big Bad Wolf might live. I don't know. Uh, But there is some IMDb (laughs) trivia for this episode. So I'll just read that off real quick. Some of it's stuff we already talked about. But this is the only episode of the Tales from the Crypt series to not be based on a story from an EC comic book. Jess Harnell, like you said, initially cast as a narrator in a Ringo Starr style voice for this episode. But Joel Silver, although he liked what Jess had done, said it really should be the Crypt Keeper narrating. So I guess they already had him record it. Uh, I'd be curious to hear what that sounds like if they ever still had it on record. And although there is a live-action Crypt Keeper intro and outro, this is the only animated episode of the series. The animation for this episode was provided by Nelvana, the same company that also animated the kid-friendly spinoff Tales from the Crypt Keeper. So yeah, that is the last episode of Tales from the Crypt, the last episode to review. For the rest of the podcast, my plan is I have at least two episodes coming out. Uh, I'll have an episode coming Thank out. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so glad to have met you through doing this podcast, really, and meeting someone else who really likes Tales from the Crypt. Let me tell you something, that the feeling is very, very much mutual. (laughs) (laughs) Because, 
Like I, ne- I never thought I would meet such amazing people in the fandom for this mm-hmm. franchise. Uh, and you being a big connecting part of like what makes me, like, it gives me the drive to want to continue doing this. And what I do, having the knowledge I have to share with amazing individuals such as you. And, you know, like you you did an amazing job reviewing all these episodes. Thank and on I, 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 many occasions, like, you know, if I find myself on long drives, I catch myself putting on your podcast just to listen to your reviews. And I love the way you review. I love your style. And it, it, it's going it, to it's gonna really suck not to be able to hear your voice when it comes to talking about Tales, uh, since you're being able to, you know, wrap this up very soon. And, you know, I, I'd be honored. I'd be honored if I ever, you know, start doing more reviews of my uh, the episodes myself or I do more commentary on these things. I would love to have you as a guest. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you like it so much and, and everything. And I would be, I would also be honored to be back on your channel for whatever you want to talk about with Crypt Keeper and Tales from the Crypt, any of that. Just let me know and I'll, you know, come back on. Thank you all so much for downloading and listening to this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Gak Podcast. You can find me on Instagram. Um, and you can also follow Gus the Podcat on Instagram at a sweet cat named Gus. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Jonathan, say bye. Take it easy, guys. Have a good fright. <laughs> bye. I just had to